Welcome back to the Fossil Restoration Podcast. Uh, today, I'm excited to be joined by Jason Miller from Missoula, Montana. Um, Jason has had the chance over the last about year and a half or so, Jason, to uh, work alongside Craig, who was on for our last episode, and really dive into the myokinematic restoration course as you uh, both prepare to start teaching that course this year. And I know you guys have had some teaching opportunities alongside other faculty and, and different opportunities already. So uh, welcome, Jason, and thank you for taking the time today. And I look forward to kind of having the PRI community get to know you more through this outlet. Sounds good, Archie. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, inviting me to chat. And it's, it's a great opportunity to uh, get to introduce myself to this great community around PRI and, and boy, you know, talk a little bit about my journey and, and also this great experience over the last year and a half of getting to train to teach Myokin and spending time with Craig and obviously some great mentors and Dan and, and Jen Poulin and, and Casey and obviously Ron. You know, Jason, I, uh, you know, one of the reasons wanted to have you on to start the year is um, there's kind of this uh, newness that comes along with new faculty and, you know, we're, we're constantly updating courses, but I know as as any faculty member has come on board or any any type of you know collaboration is done, it offers the chance to not only get to know you through that process, but um, really, like I mentioned earlier, dive into the material and and have a look at at things from different perspectives and different people involved. So it's been a pleasure to have that time. I know um, you know everyone involved with with mentoring you and and uh working alongside you guys to present it's it's been a great you know a great lead up to this point so um jason i want to have the opportunity for people to get to know your story better today as as they uh, get the chance to uh, meet you in the future but um take us through those early you know early years of your career jason and kind of what what got you to missoula if we you know, think about it. Uh, you went to school upstate New York at Ithaca College, and I know you were um, kind of grew up and, and raised on the East Coast, but walk us through what got you to Missoula and kind of how your career started and, and got its footing uh, in Montana. Yeah, RJ, um, you know, obviously that I think is a, a big question for anyone who looks at my bio and sees, you know, that I'm, I'm currently practicing and living in in Missoula, Montana. It seems like it's definitely a, a small out of the way place, but yeah, I didn't start there. I started, you know, I grew up in, in New Jersey and, um, you know, I, I growing up, my, my mother was working for a um, orthopedic uh, practice. Um, and that kind of gave me some of my first exposure to healthcare and, and the PD department there. And, you know, as I, Played sports myself and would get dinged and dented, uh, you know, having some exposure to physical therapy early, um, you know, and also just to getting some opportunities as I was younger to um, do some, some tutoring and teaching, even like in grade school and, and just recognizing even early on in that point that, boy, there's, there's really, um, you know, some reward and gratification by you know, trying to help people um, grasp new concepts and learn new things. Um, you know, so I wanted to, you know, uh, um, kind of get out of that New Jersey area as much as I love Jersey, upstate New York. Um, 
you know, Ithaca College had a PT program that at that time was a kind of a con- condensed program, a five-year master's program. And, and so I uh, made the leap and, and started doing my uh, coursework in Ithaca. And you know, there was a uh, relationship with the University of Rochester Medical Center. Uh, so we spent some time in, in both areas um, through those those years. Um, you know, during my schooling, I, I definitely was more drawn initially to um, neuro rehab and, and, you know, really enjoyed some of the opportunities I had to spend time in clinics around that. Um, you know, starting as a youngster and, and even into my college years, I uh, really always enjoyed the outdoors. And so uh, I do remember, you know, an early um, kind of westward wanderlust there that um, kind of took hold. And I had an opportunity uh, between undergraduate and graduate school to spend some time in, in the Rockies in Colorado at that point. And uh, really knew that, boy, when I get done with my training, I, I, I want to change the scenery. And, and um, when I finished up school um, in 1999, um, I stayed in upstate New York and, and worked for about a year because um, the, the woman who now is my wife, she was finishing PT school a year behind me. Uh, and so my first job out of school was working with folks with developmental disabilities. I worked for the state of New York and, and we did a lot of, you know, we did some neuro stuff. We did a lot of, um, you know, wheelchair positioning. And, and so um, that was about a year. And basically, you know, for us, um, I wanted to, you know, still move West. And so once she finished up school, uh, I had a good friend from high school who went to the University of Montana, which is based out of Missoula. And we moved. And it's kind of funny in hindsight because we were two young new grads who were just looking for, you know, basically a bit of an adventure and hadn't done very much research. So we got to Missoula and we would tell folks, oh, we're two PTs and we're looking for work. And and folks would be a little shocked and taken aback because they're, they, you know, we hadn't done any, any uh, research that you know, Missoula being, you know, the home of the University of Montana, which is the only PT program in the state of Montana, has, you know, quite a few PTs in it. So <laughs> when we first got out here, um, <laughs> work was a little tough to come by. And so I had this, uh, you know, kind of pieced together a bunch of per diem and fill in stuff. And I think I remember I worked in like nine different places, you know, um, you know, in other towns and home health and, and, you know, I had this uh, opportunity to bounce around a bunch, which really encouraged me to grow my adaptability and flexibility. Um, but it was a little bit of a, you know, a, a bumpy start, let's just say that. But it, it kind of came together and worked out. And so in doing that, one of the first full-time jobs that came available in the area happened to be an outpatient orthopedics. And quite honestly, at that point, I was just, you know, I just needed a steady full-time job. And um, I wouldn't say outpatient orthopedics was necessarily a big passion of mine at that point, but I, I needed a job and was going to work hard at the one I could get. And um, I landed at um, Western Montana Clinic um, in my, I think it was 2001 or so. Yeah. So that was my first steady and my first time spending, you know, uh, with a job in, in outpatient orthopedics, which is ultimately where my career has been. 
Right. And I know, um, you know, we, we chat briefly about wanting to kind of discuss that journey in and of itself, which hopefully will shed some light on, on other people in similar, you know, settings, Jason, but at that point, so lead us up to, I know over the years, us as an Institute, even trying to get into that area and just grow the interest in Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, all those, you know, surrounding States. Um, eventually a big part of that was um, Missoula Bone and Joint, which I know you ended up at. So I'm not sure if, if at this point in time, that's where you're kind of mentioning you got your footing. Um, but, you know, walk us through what that setting was like. I know, again, it's, it's similar yeah. to the schooling opportunities where you have an orthopedic uh, run organization that kind of, you know, has a good footing on the area. So you know, multiple clinics probably and, and a, a large staff and a big orthopedic setting. So just walk us through some of the, again, at that point, you know, you mentioned it was kind of your first real, you know, long-term job and, and your first footing, so to speak, in one place. But mm -hmm. um, obviously you're seeing a mix of yeah. things and it's orthopedic outpatient, but anything that stands out to you just about kind of how that shaped your career from the get-go? Yeah, well, you know, actually the, the first place uh, I started to work was a place called Western Montana Clinic, which, um, you know, was a bigger clinic setting and had a bunch of different, you know, physician specialties in addition to a PT component. And um, that, you know, was the, you know, West, I ended up spending almost 14, 15 years there. And so that place in Western Montana Clinic was the initial um, you know, area, you know, a place I worked for where uh, I got to spend a lot of time with some, some more veteran therapists who, um, you know, were doing and had done a lot of orthopedic uh, outpatient work. Uh, Jeff Brooks was a, a big early mentor for me, um, you know, someone who not only had a, a big clinical toolbox, but, um, you know, really just had a great way of communicating with patients, listening to patients, um, you know, and, and um, ability to um, reinforce positively. Uh, and so someone that I really took note of early on. Um, saying that, you know, I, I, I really bounced around a lot in that first 10 years of my career as far as continuing education. And so I would take a lot of different courses and feel like, okay, you know, I'm going to do my best to apply, whether it's a manual technique or, or you know, a, a little different approach to um, movement assessment. Um, you know, and, and at the time, I was about 10, 11 years into my career and really feeling kind of stale and a bit frustrated. Um, right. Oftentimes feeling, it, yeah, in the clinic that I was um, not consistent in getting the results I wanted and not always having a great appreciation for, uh, you know, what, uh, why I was choosing what I was choosing as far as treatment modalities and interventions. Um, there was a therapist I was working with by the name of Kevin Vogelzang, and he actually went to one of, I think it was one of the early postural restoration courses, because I remember him saying it wasn't just myokinematics at that point, there was a pelvis component to it as well. Um, and Kevin came back from 
his first introduction to PRI and was, you know, really excited about it. You know, so this is quite a bit different. It was different than any course I've taken. And, you know, that was the first time I'd heard of PRI and I was, you know, a little, you know, interested in, wow, you know, Kevin's really excited about this. And I can remember at the time I, you, you know, I had a chance to, to work with one of his patients when he was out of the office. And, and I remember working with this individual and, and he was, you know, um, you know, working, I think on some shoulder issues. And just as I was working with him, cueing him to, you know, kind of, uh, maintain form and position as we we're going through some of the activities and just being impressed by how well he could sense his body and respond to my cues. And, and he wasn't a professional athlete. He was just, you know, I, I remember vividly an average guy who worked at a grocery store here in town and, and, you know, I was like, boy, maybe there's something to this work that Kevin's doing. Um, and that was, you know, the, the catalyst for my interest. And then Kevin at the time, he worked with the Institute to bring our first course to Missoula, which was, um, you know, mild kinematic restoration in 2011. And, you know, I sat down in that course and, you know, with my very orthopedic mindset and, you know, heard things and watched demonstrations that first day that did not fit into any um, model uh, of the body and how the body functions that I'd heard previously. And I can vividly remember leaving that course, you know, kind of spinning and I didn't get any sleep that night. That's for sure. I, right. I and, sat and there in bed just staring at the ceiling. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's worth Noting because Jason, you know, I know you've talked to a lot of people in the PRI community and it's really what it comes down to is, um, you know, it's, it's new, but it's also threatening, you know, quite honestly, it's a, it's a change mm -hmm. to your yeah. approach that you weren't expecting. It's a curveball. And so Jason, I just want to ask you, you know, I've heard many people answer this in many different ways, but there's some people, Jason, and you'll encounter them, and you probably already have throughout your coursework and the, the times you teach. But, um, you know, depending on that experience, you can either say, okay, this is so different that I'm not going to be able to go down this road because it's too far removed from what I do. Or you can have your experience where, you know, you might stay up all night thinking about, gosh, what have I been doing for the last 10 years? And what does this all mean in the scope of my practice? And you can come away with it kind of challenged and it pushes you a little bit further to just take a piece of it and, you know, dig in, so to speak. But what, uh, what for you, I guess, on that second day or however longer it may have been, what for you made you decide that, you know, again, this is something I want to look into further. Yes, it's maybe completely different from what I'm used to doing or used to thinking, but what about that, that first myokin course and, and that second day made you want to go further? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's um, a great observation that I think there's, um, there's kind of this critical almost tipping point, right. Where I've been, you know, presented with this information that is threatening, um, to some extent, my prior view of how, you know, the body functions. It 
you know, is, is challenging my you know, professional experience and, and in, some, in some extent, even my sense of who I am as right. a PT and a person. Um, and so, you know, it, it was different enough. I saw enough change and I was really fortunate to have some patients early on who were willing for me to try something, you know? And so, you know, I can, I was, uh, you know, I really was fortunate to have some early successes with some patients who I know I hadn't been, you know, having much um, uh, an impact on, or we weren't moving in the direction we wanted. You know, it's, it's interesting though, RJ, as I took myokinematics and did my best to apply it early on, I was still thinking of it in orthopedic terms because I right. could see how, this relationship around the pelvis and the hip and the femur drove, you know, things around, say, the lower back, pelvis, hip, lower extremity even. But, and then I remember after I took postural respiration, okay, now I've got this model of thoracic and rib and scapular mechanics and position. And, oh, that makes sense for, you know, thoracic pain and shoulders. But, you know, really for me, I had this kind of eureka moment with one of my patients. And, and it was interesting in that I was working with this gentleman who, you know, I can vividly remember he's one of these great patients that you hope you have. He'll do everything I ask him to do as many times. You know, I remember he was a retired colonel from a branch of the military. And so he, we started off working together on some pretty stubborn back pain, right? And, and so at that point, I'm like, okay, he's got a lower back pain. I'm going to, you know, follow this myokinematic, you know, restoration process and, and, we were working together and we worked together for a while and, and, you know, he, we had some, some nice positive gains and he was moving in the right direction. You know, we weren't, you know, no big leaps and bounds, but we were making headway. And, and I remember at that point he was going away. So we kind of set him up on a home program and, and he kind of went off and did his thing. And then maybe a couple months later, I got a call from him. He said, yeah, gosh, I was skiing and I took a fall and I, I think I separated my shoulder. I need some more PT. And so, Sure enough, he comes back in and I'm like, okay, so this is a shoulder issue. You know, I, I can see that well, I need to, you know, address his ribs, his shoulder blade position, his mid, you know, so still thinking, even though I was using PRI, I was still thinking very orthopedically. And so as we go through this process of working on this shoulder issue and doing breathing and rib cage mobility and, and all the things that go along with that, this, my patient came in one day and, you know, of course we start off, oh, how's it going? And he said, you know, it, it's going pretty well. My, um, my shoulder feels like it's, it's getting better. I tell you what, though, you know, what's going on? He's like, ever since we started doing this shoulder stuff, my lower back is the best it has felt in 20 years. And it was kind of one of those jaw drop moments like, oh, that's what those guys are talking about. All right. Yeah. Like, I need to start thinking in a different way and applying this stuff much more globally in a more holistic way. And fortunately, you know, I mean, you know, that adage about our patients being our best teachers was so true. And, and I think if we can be humble enough to be receptive to listen, um, you know, really credit to him. That was a big Eureka catalyst for me to kind of really delve into the science. And, and, and without that, I'm not sure I necessarily would be where I am now. So. Right. And, you know, I was just thinking, Jason, there's a lot of individuals that um, may not have that chance to work with patients who are willing to let them try. You know, there's 
there's demanding people out there. And um, sometimes you, you're given, a, you know, it's almost like the, the old concept of the player becoming the coach where the patient becomes the provider in a sense, and they kind of demand things from you rather than uh, seek you out for your knowledge in a way. But um, yeah, you know, you, it's such a, a powerful th- statement you brought up is just listening to your patients. And at the time, you know, all it took was one one patient to tell you, hey, whatever you're doing is affecting uh, other things here. So um, from there, Jason, I know, you know, your your coursework really just continued to uh, kind of follow that uh, mindset that you were having. But as you continued to work with these type of patients, and again, if you could kind of walk us through, you know, it, it gets so commonplace for us to throw out the word orthopedic out there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all kind yeah. of have our own, we all have our own predisposition about, you know, what that means and what type of a setting that looks like. But um, in reality, you're you're working with people across the board with many different needs and, and issues. But as you continue to see more and more global picture type uh, activity and your your coursework and everything as far as PRI continued to expand, um, what were some of those early early years like being in that setting and just having to, in some ways, pick and choose who you were going to practice this with? And having the, you know, that's another conversation and an art in and of itself is just determining what what one patient can can do and handle sensorily or, you know, even emotionally sometimes, Jason. But again, how do we pick the right person at this stage? Who are those patients that I want to try this out on? And, you know, really just what what those early years of integrating PRI looked like for you in that orthopedic setting? Yeah, I mean, that's a, you know, it's, it's inherently a bumpy road, right? Um, and so, yeah, I always think back to those early years and, and the moments in the clinic where as I was trying to, you know, implement PRI and, and um, you know, and the moments where I was maybe frustrated and I kind of think of it in terms of, all right, I'm just going to go bang my head on the wall a few more times versus those, those eureka moments where you, you you know, you feel like you want to step outside the treatment room, jump in there and click your heels together. You know, the bang my head on the wall moments were much, much greater. And so, you know, I think from an orthopedic perspective, you know, in my experience, um, obviously postoperatively the, you know, the protocols we have to follow, the precautions we have to follow, they don't change. Right. But I think we want to, you know, I started to try to do my best to step back and think about other ways I could influence this system, this body in front of me, um, beyond the area that, you know, recently was repaired or, or um, you know, had, you know, these precautions associated with it. And what I found over time was if I could do that, boy, we generally followed, you know, an accelerated trajectory. Um, and also over that time too, I think this is another challenging thing early on is my ability to accurately explain what we're doing and why to patients slowly got better and better, right? Um, as I got more familiar, more comfortable, uh, and that's a real challenge 
you know, I think that's the biggest initial challenge is how do I explain what I'm doing and why um, to my patients so they get this buy-in, right? Um, and then bigger picture, how do I explain to my peers what I'm doing and why? And, um, you know, my early years in PRI, that Western Montana clinic position, it was a smaller clinic. And, you know, I, I've to, I was fortunate to have a lot of autonomy there and could practice the way, you know, I wanted to. Um, it kind of got to a point where I felt like, boy, it wasn't a super challenging environment. And really, that was the catalyst for me transitioning from Western Montana Clinic to Missoula Bone and Joint, which at the time and still is um, kind of basically the biggest orthopedic practice in the region. Um, you know, numerous uh, orthopedic surgeons, PAs, a pretty big PT department, and outreach department with athletic trainers in the in the schools. And so I took a job there, and, and I can even remember a conversation I had with one of my peers at Western Montana Clinic as I, we were discussing me leaving, and they were concerned for me because they're like, well, "How do you?" They asked, "You know, how do you think this this PRI stuff is going to go over?" You know, at Bone and Joint, and my thought was, well, I think it's, it's, I'm either going to, you know, do great or they're going to throw me out. <laughs> I think there's, I don't know that there's a, there's much of a middle ground here. So, um, you know, and, and so I looked at it as this great challenge and I was fortunate, you know, I knew some of the doctors already and, um, you know, it really was an environment that, you know, emphasized obviously good outcomes, right? And if you could, you know, show good outcomes and, and, um, you know, they, and then they were interested. What's, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What's different? Um, you know, I took, I remember the, in the first month I was there, the, the PT department would have a meeting with the, the whole, all the physicians in the practice. Um, they did it like once or twice a year and the PT department all, they always tried to, um, you know, do a little continuing education, uh, piece about it. And so at the staff meeting, I was pretty new and they asked, oh, who wants to present? What do you want to present? And there weren't any hands. And so I threw out, oh, I'll give it a try. And so I think I'd been there a month and here I am talking to all these orthopedic doctors about breathing. I've got one of them up on a, on a table, blowing up a balloon, doing a 90-90 right arm range. <laughs> and so it was kind of like pushing all your chips into the center, I felt like, and, and saying, well, let's see how this goes, right? But fortunately, it worked out. And, and boy, it was such a great experience overall. You know, in the last couple of years I was there, I ended up being, I had an opportunity to be the, the supervisor of the department. Um, and so, and they had a great formal mentorship program. So I was able to you know, have a couple of the, the PTs as mentors. We brought a PRI course there, um, two bone and joint. And, um, you know, as challenging as it was, I, I learned a lot about, you know, discussing PRI concepts. Um, you know, I had plenty of failures, right? Where you'd be talking to a doctor or a peer and suddenly their eyes glazed over and, you know, they're kind of looking for a way out of the conversation. You're like, boy, I really messed this one up. Um, and so you've tried to learn from it. So the next time, you know, you kind of tried to do your best to kind of put your hooks in them or at least get some uh, global understanding of what you were doing and why. So well, and I think, you know, you mentioned earlier, Jason, um, kind of the art of the introduction, so to speak, and um, whether that's introducing a new type of treatment to your patients, 
that's one thing, but introducing a new, you know, theory or approach to all these orthopedic docs and, you know, a, a really a big new community that you're now thrown into, um, it's kind of a different, uh, different animal, so to speak. And, um, you know, you mentioned it's what it, it's like, you know, it's like anything sports, anything, what it comes down to is wins and losses. What it comes down to with, with you and, and this group is initially is like, you know, you know, what's he doing and how's he getting these results? So it is kind of a sink or swim moment. And it's, you know, I imagine it, it was not an easy one, but um, as you progress, you know, with, with this setting, and I know you spent quite a few years there as well, but um, you know, was there certain patients, Jason, or certain um, post-operative cases that you became kind of known for the guy, like, you know, certain docs would, would send you certain patients or whatever it may be, but over time, did you see yourself kind of being a, um, you know, a, a fish swimming in the other direction around you? Um, oftentimes, places have someone, for, you know, a, a pure eye therapist there, and sometimes they get thrown the hardest cases because everyone else has already been through with them and and can't figure out why they're not progressing. But um, you know, just briefly, if you could kind of discuss any of those cases and how that trajectory of of now Missoula bone and, and joint um, kind of propelled you into the next phase of your career, which would eventually become starting up your own practice. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like, a, like you mentioned, RJ, a lot of us who um, study and, and spend a lot of time um, with postural restoration and implementing it, you know, we tend to, uh, I think, uh, end up, seen a lot of pretty stubborn issues, stubborn problems. And so at, in through my time at Bone and Joint, you know, more and more of my caseload became, you know, pretty stubborn spine issues. Um, that was a good portion of it. Another big part, there was a, um, uh, there's a physician at, at Bone and Joint who sees a lot of thoracic outlet issues. And, you know, I did a lot of work with him, um, you know, treating those kind of cases. And then you know, again, it was a place that emphasized, and, and I really appreciate this about it, is emphasize this quality of care. And so we could do co-treats. And so that was these great opportunities for me to treat with another therapist, you know, some of their uh, patient that was having a tough time, having some issues, wasn't, you know, things weren't tracking the way they wanted. And I could treat with that therapist and, and we could all hopefully kind of learn together and, and hopefully move forward together. So, you know, as I, as I did that, you know, um, it, it helped me as far as confidence that I had something on my own to offer. Right. Um, you know, I, at this point, uh, had a family to support. And so the idea and the thought of, of, um, you know, hanging up my own shingle and going out on my own was, there was definitely, um, you know, some, some weight to that. That's for sure. You know, and, and, I also, in the last couple of years I mentioned earlier, was serving as the department supervisor. It was a pretty big department and a bunch of great folks and a great opportunity learned a lot, but boy, it took a lot of bandwidth, right? And so I, I kind of got the sense too that, you know, for me to continue to grow and learn and, and move forward with PRI and also have the time to build more relationships 
and integrate with other professionals outside just physical therapy, um, I, you know, needed to um, kind of narrow my my attention, my focus, and that was, you know, kind of this catalyst to me um, leaving Bone and Joint and starting my own clinic. Now I did that. I left Bone and Joint March thirteenth, twenty twenty. And the week, next week, the world shut down uh, <laughs> due to a global pandemic. So I Great wouldn't timing. recommend to anyone. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend to anyone, you know, going out on your own um, on the eve of a global pandemic. But it, it, it has worked out, you know. And, and, and another thing that kind of spurred me on was a relationship I had built with um, a strength and conditioning coach and professional here in Missoula, um, a man by the name of Mike Savasic, who... He had been exposed to PRI through a gym he worked with in Colorado, and um, we kind of found each other, and I had been using Mike um, as someone to refer to when I had patients who were kind of done rehabbing, but let's say weren't ready to get back to, you know, skiing, kayaking, whatever, you know, everybody loves to do out in the outdoors or um, on the playing field here in Missoula. And, and I knew him and I would speak the same language. And so we had, you know, kind of built this nice relationship where I felt confident in Mike's work and, and he had, um, he had a gym. And so he was moving into a new location and had, I had an opportunity to, you know, have an, an office, um, off of that gym. Uh, and so that's kind of, you know, there was the, a big part of the genesis of me, um, you know, going out on my own here uh, and started seeing patients in, in May of uh, 2020. Uh, well, and, you know, you kind of mentioned, Jason, that I, I really simply can't imagine the hurdles, not just, you know, you take a thing like starting a new clinic and you look at it in a non-pandemic time and there's already enough challenges and enough logistics that need to be figured out to be successful. And then, like you said, you throw on COVID on top of it, right? Almost initially after you open. Um, but, you know, again, some of those struggles are going to occur with or without a, a global pandemic. But having said all the things, you know, obviously you were in a really, you know, when we think about orthopedic settings, Jason, and and people that are limited with, um, you know, precautions and post-operative care and really just the department settings that they're in, you really had a good experience and you had a great department that allowed you to not only explore, but you became involved in kind of, you know, directing that department. And really out of all things considered, you had almost the best uh, scenario possible when it comes to orthopedics in my mind. Um, but what is it when you started, uh, what's now called Jay Miller physical therapy, um, Jason, when you, when you got your start and you knew in your mind kind of how you wanted to operate, um, what were some of the biggest, you know, other than just building a client base and working with the strength coach you mentioned, um, what were some of the biggest shifts in, in your mind when it came to how you were practicing at the time and how you wanted to practice through now your own a clinical setting, um, you know, what were some of the biggest differences and, and how did you now start integrating even more, uh, you know, systems uh, into your everyday practice? Yeah, you know, it was, um, 
you know, this, uh, I, you know, when I opened my own clinic, I had been a PT for about 21 years already. So it was really quite an interesting process to suddenly work for myself and, and have, um, you know, all the, I could, you know, uh, the final say in all these decisions. So, you know, I did things like, um, you know, I spent, you know, more time with my patients um, per session, which uh, again allowed me to dive deeper into some of these, um, you know, problems with a lot of layers. Uh, you know, I was able to spend more time to talking to some dentists in town uh, and trying to start to build some relationships there uh, to assist with with dental integration. Um, you know, and it it really just um, helped me focus a lot more on, you know, this integration of posture restoration, uh, you know, and, and not be pulled in as many directions. So that's right. Well, and Jason, I know one of the things that you've been really kind of passionate about and, and had an interest in throughout your career is just kind of sharing with the community, you know, anything that's new to you and, you've given a lot of in-services over the years and kind of exposed yourself in different settings to not just the community, but again, your past, you know, your past clinical experiences with, um, you know, different clinics and doctors. And, you know, you mentioned being, a, you know, the new guy on the job and here you are raising your hand to offer, taking a, a shot at, at an in-service in for these orthopedic docs. But um, I guess, you know, what I, what I'm, wanting to hear your thoughts on Jason is there's a lot of uh, individuals within PRI that are on similar islands, so to speak, and um, in similar settings where they may be one out of, you know, 50 to a hundred people around them. And they're the only one that is talking about this thing called PRI and asymmetry and respiration. Um, so I guess, you know, how in some ways have you strived to build that community you mentioned a little bit about working with dentists and in general just trying to get your you know your presence and your integrative type services known to other professionals but how have you strived over the years to kind of build that community around you when there wasn't really one prior you know to rely on yeah you know and one thing i'll say you know while there's been Definitely times where I've daydreamed about, boy, wouldn't it be, um, you know, great to work in a place like, say, Seattle or Minneapolis, you know, where we know there's these big groups and hubs of, of PRI activity. Um, you know, it's been uh, always so impressive to me how um, how receptive, whether it's faculty or staff at the institute. Uh, how, how receptive folks have been to inquiries and questions and, you know, and, and early on, um, you know, that the Google group that got started um, allowed me to at times put questions out and, and boy, it, it's really such a, a supportive, humble community. And I, I remember always being struck by that, you know, I, you know, Seattle, for Missoula is only about a seven-ish hour drive away. So it counts as kind of local courses. And so I would make that drive and, 
And I remember Betsy Baker Bold and Zach Hawthorne being very willing to answer my questions on some of the courses I went to out there. And, you know, and, and so um, I did feel, even though, again, I, I know there wasn't this big group around me, I felt like there was support. Um, you know, I, I did my best too, and I tried to build interest around me. I think that was also a big um, you know, thing that just drove me and encouraged me is when I could have peers who um, you know, started to ask questions and look at things differently and, and start to put on their PRI hat more often. Um, you know, that really helped me feel like, okay, there, you know, there's, there's, there's interest and there's a community around me, even though um, you know, I didn't necessarily have a lot of PRC peers or anything along those lines. So, Right. And I think, you know, I mentioned to you earlier, Jason, it's, it really is anyone that, that does what you or others are doing as far as, you know, you, you consider a, a course that's seven hours away to be kind of local. That right there kind of says it all, Jason, just about your, <laughs> your um, willingness to make do of what is already available. But as you mentioned, you know, um, our resources and our, our community as a whole have grown a lot over the years. And, you know, at this point, you've now been around the science of PRI for over a decade. And, um, you know, so, so as people, as individuals like yourself are out there trying to build their own individual communities and networks, um, in some ways, you know, we at the Institute have have strived to do the same. And so in, in many ways, you're around this time period where the community as a whole is evolving, the resources are evolving, you know, more courses are being offered, tertiary courses get introduced, and now we're doing more integrative type um, coursework. And really, you know, I guess I don't know at what point you kind of were, were set on becoming credentialed, but I know um, some opportunities arose for you just after going through the, the PRC credential, which I believe you, you earned in 2017. And shortly after that, you know, we mentioned your involvement with just sharing with the community and in-services and being willing to really talk to anyone. Um, we as an institute were given the chance to hear you present at uh, one of those PRC conferences a few a few years later. So I wanted to just get your thoughts on kind of as that community around you was growing and as you were trying to build it on your own, um, you know, you you at some point went through the PRC credentialing and it's my hope that that kind of propelled you even further into a larger community of people around you. And um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on kind of that process. And I know it'll kind of segue our conversation into your faculty role and, and how you got involved in kind of a presenting uh, mode because of that opportunity that we as an institute uh, got to hear you present uh, during that conference. So walk us through kind of what that, that journey was like for you, just kind of getting more involved with the Institute through both the PRC credential and then now, you know, leading up to today, we'll kind of discuss, you know, your role as a faculty member and where that's headed. So anything that sticks out yeah. for you about those times? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, I don't remember exactly at what point I, I decided, boy, I, I 
I want to go through this PRC credentialing process, but I, I do really have to credit that with being this kind of catalyst um, to step out of kind of my comfort zone and, and do in-services. And because I know part of that um, application process is, you know, a, a kind of having this component of, of spreading education around postural restoration. So I knew that was going to be part of this um, credentialing process and this application. And so, you know, I, I presented, I wasn't working there at the time, but I, I presented at the two hospitals um, that are in the Missoula area and the outpatient therapy departments. And, and you know, that PRC credentialing process was definitely a, a big reason that spurred me on to do that, you know, and, and I think I took some great lessons from those experiences, both in areas, probably even more so in areas where I felt like some of my messages fell flat. Um, <laughs> and also some, you know, some of those aha moments and, and um, follow up questions where, you know, you know, you've kind of got the audience and they're, they're intrigued by what you're saying. Um, you know, and, and so I, I really appreciate this opportunity to get in front of people be in part selfishly, because it forces you to do a deeper dive into what you're going to present and, you know, really wrap your head around it so that you can teach it. And so in that vein, um, in 2019, after going through the, the PRC credentialing process in 2017, um, I presented at the, the PRC conference in 2019. And, you know, in thinking beforehand, okay, you know, I know I want to present, but what can I add to this experience. I know there's going to be a lot of great clinicians presenting some really interesting case studies. And, you know, and, and as I reflected on it, I thought, you know what, I should, you know, get up there and have a discussion with everybody about my experiences in, you know, exposing people to PRI concepts, especially in this framework of an orthopedic mindset, because that is for sure where I came from, um, you know, and, and, having this discussion around, like you mentioned earlier, how this material and this view can create this cognitive dissonance, which does not have to be a negative thing. And again, it's like we discussed earlier, it's a bit of a tipping point here where we want to create this challenge and this opportunity for growth. But if it's, if it creates too much of a roadblock, um, you know, we can have you know, definitely more of a negative reaction or just kind of a shutting, shutting off of, you know, I'm not interested. I don't want to hear anymore. And so, you know, at, at that presentation, which was, you know, I got to say it was such a, a fun opportunity for me to get up in front of the room of PRCs, which wasn't a very big audience, but, you know, it, it still felt like I was getting to take batting practice at Yankee stadium. Like I'd watched all these courses and all these great instructors up there. And here I was getting to, to chat with everybody. So it was, it was a great opportunity. And, and, you know, I got to discuss this stuff. And, and one of the analogies I used then that I think is still so applicable is this analogy to ski tuning. And so my family and I we really love to ski. We love to play in the snow. It's great to have an activity to do in the winter in Montana. And as a family of five, if I take our skis to get tuned by a professional at, a, at the local ski shop, it's pretty you know, cost prohibitive. So I learned how to tune the skis, which is basically this process of 
waxing the ski so it slides and then also you sharpen the edge the metal edge of the ski and you have to make sure you know you have the, the right angle and you've got it smooth and no burrs and, and so one of the final parts of that process is called detuning the tips and the tails and so the tip and the tail there's a certain amount of that ski that you want to go back after you've sharpened everything go back and, and dull the tip and tail otherwise when you go to turn your ski in the snow that edge can hang up right the tip will hang up or the tail will hang up as you swear you know turn your ski and it'll throw you off balance if you detune the front the tip and the tail then you can transition and create that turn and then you're on your edge and you've you've got this nice bite in the snow and you're going the direction you want to go and so i feel like there's this sweet spot in presenting posture restoration where we have to be true to the the message and the and, and the material but we also have to have an appreciation for the audience and titrate our message in a way that kind of detunes the entry point, you know, hopefully helps speak their language, create this connection, challenges to a point, but not too threatening. Um, and boy, I appreciate, especially in the last year and a half, as, as I've gotten more opportunities to get up in front of groups, especially with the myokinematic course being such a, um, a course that oftentimes has a lot of new folks. I've really gained this appreciation for that's, you know, it's a moving target different with each audience. Um, and it's really a fascinating process to me to, to try and, you know, strive for this, this sweet spot of um, presenting the information, educating folks, um, but, you know, supporting them and propelling them onward and hopefully uh, their period journey. Well, and it's, it's one of the things that is exciting to us, Jason. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we may have been been off the recording, but it's really those opportunities and whether it's at a PRC conference or a state chapter meeting or, a, you know, community in service, whatever it may be. Um, as you mentioned, you know, it, it selfishly, whether you like doing it or not, you know, it's one of those things in life where um, it pushes you to to dig deeper and to to kind of familiarize yourself with, with topics and material that you're, you're now aiming to present. So uh, I know you've had several of those opportunities throughout your career. And thankfully, Jen and I and, and some other individuals were, were present to uh, kind of hear you present and see your style. And, you know, I, I like the, uh, the metaphor with the skis. Um, there's so many different things we could talk about skiing. And I know you, uh, you and your family, Jason are, are right there at the, at the top of the list when it comes to frequent, uh, frequency and, you know, your, the amounts of times you get on the slopes per year. But, um, it's like you said, there's that, there's that fine balance between disrupting someone too much and, you know, disrupting them just enough to, push them further. And, you know, oftentimes, Jason, we have people that take their first course, you know, a lot of the times it is myokinematic restoration, but it could be five, six years before they take another course. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're just absorbing thing at absorbing information at different times of their life. But there's this fine balance between oversaturation and under, you know, too little. And so, 
I think you guys as a faculty all do a great job. And I know um, based on the chances I've, I've got to uh, kind of moderate and be in course rooms with you and alongside you and the times I've got to hear you speak, uh, I just want to say, Jason, we're so excited for, for the future opportunities for this community um, to kind of learn in that same manner, you know, that you have and that, that we all strive to kind of portray is just, um, you know, there's a newness here. Let's respect the backgrounds that every single individual is coming from, but let's also kind of force you to think a little differently. And at the same time, we are all looking for the same from other, from other areas of, of information out there. So I think it's really exciting uh, time for, for both you and Craig to become involved. And uh, like I said, for us as an institute, it, it just is, is so exciting to share you and share your um, passion for presenting and, and kind of, in many ways, Jason, all those, uh, all those years of experience when it comes to forcing yourself to get up on a, on a stage and kind of share with your communities, um, you know, it's, it's paid off, so to speak. So. Yeah, you know, um, definitely, RJ, I, I still, I still pinch myself at times to think, boy, I'm, this is really happening. I'm really getting an opportunity to, to present this coursework for the Institute and, and, you know, really, you know, there's only, I always think of it in terms of, you know, Missoula is a great place. It's a pretty small place. My practice is pretty small and, and, you know, the scope of influence is, is, you know, just going to be uh, smaller. Um, but to have this opportunity to get on this, you know, to travel in different, to different parts of the country and have a bigger platform um, and potentially be able to uh, serve as uh, whether it's an introduction, hopefully it's more of a catalyst for more therapists and strength coaches and all the folks who, who you know, get involved with PRI um, to kind of take a bite of the apple per se. And, and, and um, you know, that's, that's pretty exciting. It's a little daunting. I, I feel a huge sense of responsibility, but I think that's a super good thing. And, and I'm really excited for this, the, the upcoming opportunities. Jason, I, I want to thank you again for uh, sitting down with me today. And again, I, I really don't say it lightly. We are very excited for so many reasons. Not, you know, it's just there's there's always opportunity to get to get involved with things and to get other people involved with things. And uh, we've had a lot of good opportunities in the past couple of years to just keep growing and expanding. And, and people like yourself are such a big part of that. And um, for anyone interested, Jason, I know you're going to be going out to Tacoma, Washington uh, this spring, and then this fall, you're going to be doing a course out of Lincoln, I believe, and then out in Pennsylvania. Um, but again, um, yeah. anyone, Actually, anyone that has the opportunity to join you. Yeah. Let me just interject real quick. The, the course in, in September is going to be here in Missoula, hosted by the, the gym my office is off of. So Missoula is a beautiful place to come in, in September. <laughs> awesome. Well, I don't know. I, I, I had that missed on my paper here, Jason, but um, yeah, you know, you know, you have a community that you built that we've discussed and um, you know, there's obviously room to, to kind of grow. You're, you're really the only certified PRI provider in the state. And um, again, we're just so excited to have people get the chance to know you more 
through this role and uh, really, like I mentioned to you at the start of this episode, to have your background and your experience in orthopedics and just with such a variety of, of you know, physical needs. And for anyone that doesn't know, I mentioned, you know, you're an avid skier and really similar to Craig, you guys are out in these, these mountains where um, you have a lot of opportunity to get outside, explore and, and use your bodies. So um, again, for anyone that, that is looking for just conversations related to skiing or biking or fish, you know, anything that the outdoors have to offer. I know Jason, you're a, you're an avid outdoorsman. So um, again, I want to thank you for taking the time with us today, Jason, one last comment before I let you go is, um, you know, I talked briefly about some of the, the talks you've done specifically that, that PRC conference talk and, uh, we'll do our best to try to get some of that information on your faculty page. Um, you know, again, if anyone is interested in Jason or his clinical setting, um, go ahead and look up Jay Miller Physical Therapy in Missoula. And Jason, again, um, it's an honor to sit down with you and have you join our faculty. And, and we really look forward to the year ahead. Thank you, RJ. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity um, to speak with you and also this opportunity to to uh, work with such a great group uh, all around postural restoration. Thanks, Jason. If you're interested in learning more about the Postural Restoration Institute, you can visit our website at posturalrestoration.com. You can also email me directly at info at posturalrestoration.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to see how PRI Nation is currently applying this science. As always, Thank you for listening, and I look forward to having you on our next episode.